When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Friday Follies, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Welcome to Bells in the Bat Free. As a Halloween treat for 2017, we present the 1938 classic Orson Welles' War of the Worlds the way it should have been. The Bells in the Bat Free System and its affiliated podcast present the... Uh, the... Hold on just a minute. Sorry, someone left a record running on the turntable. Present the Freddie Mercury Theater on the air in The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. It is the War of the Worlds. Soon your spine will be all curled. Unfurled and into, into chaos, the country's hurled. Ladies and gentlemen, the director of the Freddie Mercury Theater and star of these podcasts, John Bell. We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's, and yet as mortal as his own. We now know that as human beings busied themselves about their various concerns, they were scrutinized and studied, perhaps almost as narrowly as W.C. Fields might scrutinize an olive wobble and bob in a martini. Yet, across an immense ethereal gulf, or Exxon, or maybe BP, minds that to our minds are as ours to Bob Hope Intellects, vast, cool, and unsympathetic, regarded this earth with envious eyes, and slowly and surely drew their plans to toast our collective butts. In the thirty-ninth year of the twentieth century came the great disillusionment, not quite as big as the disillusionment of my mother the car some years later, but still pretty great. On this particular evening, October 30th, the Crosby Service, an affiliate of Bing, estimated that 32 people were listening in to this podcast. And now, for your after-dinner listening pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, here are the exotic strains of the Ramon Raquel Ramadama Marimba Band, direct from the Bing Bang Ballroom in beautiful downtown Erie, Pennsylvania. Their first number... Amapola de la Cado de la Manana. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this program to bring you this special announcement. Several observatories have observed observations that indicate that several explosions have occurred on the surface of the planet Mars. In a few moments, we'll have a live report from the D.W. Griffith Observatory. And now, back to our after-dinner music. Toby Pile. Pile. 
Coming up next, music to invade your ears. Music to overrun your senses. Music to dominate your evening's entertainment. Music directly from Mars. Mars Candy Company, makers of the delicious Mars Bar. It's the candy bar with canals. We are now ready to take you to the D.W. Griffith Observatory. The next voice you hear will be National News Network newscaster, Wally Ballou. Lee Ballou here from the Big Blue Broadcasting Building in Boulder. We had hoped to speak to Professor Pearson, the person who provides pertinent particles of potential planetary particulars, but he's confined to bed with a bad case of alliteration. So instead... We're going to speak to one of his assistants. Sir, could you introduce yourself and your associate? Hey, ya bud! What is it, Costello? This guy wants to interview us. To begin with, what are you doing here in the observatory? Observing! Yes, and what are you observing? We're observing the stars! This big telescope lets us look at the stars close up! What stars have you been looking at? Mostly Betty Grable and Gene Harlow! Woo-hoo. Quit fooling around! You mean we've been looking at heavenly bodies? Have we ever? Come on, Costello, admit it. You don't know anything about astronomy. I happen to know everything about astronomy. Go ahead, ask me anything. All right, what's a planet? A little tiny plan. Ah, for crying out loud, do you know what a moon is? I know what a moon is, sure I know. Every night, I go outside, and you know what I see? I'm betting you see the moonshine. Yeah, and after the moonshine, I see little pink elephants. Ah, stop it. What about asteroids? What? Asteroids. Ah. Oh, those can be painful. Ah, cut it out. Tell me, what's the orbit? What? The orbit. Oh, that's when I say or's on first, what's on second. That's the orbit. Ah, forget it. You don't even know what a meteor is. Oh, no, wait, wait. That I know. All right, use the word meteor in a sentence. All right, all right. If I had some beef, my sandwich would be meteor. Ah, get out of here. Gentlemen, gentlemen, what can you tell us about the explosions on the surface of Mars? Ah, yes, the explosions. Probably volcanic eruptions occurring at a regular interval. This creates a lot of smoke, and of course, the lava flows down the side. Wait a minute, though. What does what? The lava marches down the side of the volcano. Oh, I lava parade. That does it. You want to see stars? I'll help you see stars. Ow! Oh, I'm a bad boy. Ladies and gentlemen, we've just been handed this report. A large object has crashed on the Wilmoth Farm in Grover's Mill. Hey, get out of my mill! Wait a minute, wait a minute. It's no longer the Wilmoth Farm. Apparently, Mr. Wilmoth sold the farm just today. Our reporter, Wally Blue, is on his way to the farm to find out what's going on. In the meantime, enjoy this musical number. We send you to Wally Blue at Grover's Mill. Lee Blue, network newscaster at Grover's Mill. Why is everybody in my mill? The fallen object is just over this hill on the Wilmoth Farm. Oh, this must be the new owner of the farm coming to meet us. Say, aren't you Jack, Biddy? Why, yes. Yes, I, I guess you must have seen the blue in my eye. No, I saw the silver in your coin changer. Well, don't get smart with me, young man. If you want to see the object from space close up, you've got to pay 50 cents, just like the sign says. Side? What side is that? Why, the sign right over... Oh, for goodness sakes. Oh, Rochester. Yes, Mr. Bennett? Where's my sign? I haven't painted it yet. Well, what's the delay? I don't have a paintbrush. Well, why is it taking you so long to get a paintbrush? You try sneaking up behind two horses with a pair of scissors and you'll find out why. Well, with or without the sign, Mr. Blue, it's still 50... 
Now, now, where did he go? He's down by the crash site. Well, it doesn't really matter. While he wasn't looking, I took his microphone as collateral. Ah, uh, I need my microphone. And I need my 50 cents. All right, all right. Here. Thank you. Lee Blue here at the crash site, and wait a minute. The giant object, one end of it, is unscrewing. It's, it's like... It's like it were completely hollow. Say, that would make a dandy vault. Mr. Benny, I can't hold the crowd back. Rochester, don't hold them back. This is history in the making. They should see everything that's happening. But none of these have paid you yet. Everybody back. There's nothing to see here. Move along. A strange machine is rising up out of the hollow cylinder. There seems to be a, a light ray of some sort. It's, it's hitting the ground. It... It's a heat ray. How can you tell it's a heat ray? Because it's hotter than a Phil Harris tune. That's what I like about the South. Oh, stop applauding, for goodness sake. Oh, the humanity. Oh, it's coming for us now. I, I can't seem to... Here, hold on to the microphone. That'll be another 50 cents. 50 cents? That's ridiculous. I won't pay it. That's the price. No, to pay for the, no this is my microphone. No, Hello? Hello? Anybody there? Ah, ladies and gentlemen, due to circumstances beyond our control, we are unable to continue the broadcast from Grover's Mill. Why is everybody milling about in my mill? Apparently, Wally Blue has been unavoidably restrained. However, we will return to that location at the earliest opportunity. In the meantime, please enjoy this card trick. Is this your card? Ooh, is it? We've reestablished contact with Grover's Mill. Would you like some freshly ground cornmeal? Hmm? We can't locate Wally Blue, but we have another reporter standing by. This is Mae West reporting from Grover's Mill. With me is the commander of this operation. And what's your name? Tall, dark, and covered with medals? I'm General Lee Studley. I'll say you are. No offense, ma'am, but I thought I was going to be interviewed by Wally Blue. Are you? complaining? Oh, quite the contrary. But what happened to Mr. Baloo? He was reporting on the Martians outside my apartment when the heat ray struck. So he took cover in your apartment? I'll say. He was under the covers most of the night. Tell me, General, how are you doing against the Martians? We've got the Martian machines surrounded with the deadliest weapons available. Howitzers, bazookas, and Bob Hope's jokes. Are you ready for a little action? Ooh... Am I? Then go over there and watch that squad of men prepare for battle. It'll be my pleasure, General. Excuse me, tall, skinny, and mustached. I'd like to watch you, if I may. Hello there. I'm Sergeant Groucho Marx, and you can watch me anytime. Can't you see I love you? Later, Sarge. I'm just here helping the war effort. Well, I can certainly see you've made a grand contribution to the war chest. You just stand right here while I talk to my men, and I use the term men loosely. Ooh. I like my men loose. Attention, squad. I'm going to call the roll. Hey, call a cheese a Danish instead. I'm a hungry. I haven't eaten for three days. Three days, eh? I didn't eat it yesterday. I haven't eaten today. And I'm not going to eat tomorrow. Go to the army commissary. You won't eat for weeks. Answer to your names. Private Ciccolini. I'm a here. Private Harpolini. <coughs> Did somebody just get goosed? That's in my pal, Private Harpolini. Doesn't he know how to talk? Do you know how to run? Of course I know how to run. Good. You start running, he'll start talking. <coughs> it's a tempting offer, but I can't go far. 
There's the edge of a cliff right over there. Don't let that stop you. Is there something wrong with Private Harpalini? I can't tell you. Why not? Because it's a private. <laughs> Let's get on with your assignments. Oh, no. I no do a homework. You don't live at home, Chickalini. You live in the barracks. Ah, uh, then I'll just have to grin and barrack. Well, that's just a load of bunk, if you ask me. Nobody asked you. Now, Chickalini. Take your machine gun and place it over... I no got a machine gun. I lost it. How did you lose a machine gun? Here's a jack's beat of my pair. I'd like to beat you with a jack myself. So tell me, what do you have? I don't got a much. Yes, yes, I can see that. Well, take a look at this map. This is us. We're right here. That don't look like us. It doesn't, eh? What does it look like to you? A couple of mountains. Stop looking at Miss West and look at the map. All right, all right. Now, I want you to go over this river and through these woods. You know where you'll be then? Sure. Grandma's the house. I'd like to go to the officers' club and beat you over the head with it. Look, look, look at the map. Now, now go down this path until you come to the viaduct. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure. Then, then I want you to cross the viaduct. I don't understand. What's not to understand? Viaduct. It's it, it's a viaduct. But why a duck? Why not a chicken? You try to cross there, chicken. You'll find out why a duck. I no get it. Okay. Okay. Let me explain it. Let's say you take a jeep. You do know what a jeep is, right? Sure. That's why you never pick up a check because you're a jeep. You're making me root for the Martians here, Chickalini. Look, look, look. You take the jeep to here. Then you cross the viaduct. But why a duck when you got a jeep? Forget it. Forget I said anything. Just get to this big X. Do you recognize the letter X? Sure. Why wouldn't I recognize my own signature? Good, good. Now, as for you, Harpalini, I'm putting you in charge of the radio. If we get into trouble, it's up to you to get on the radio and call for help. And they'll send a flock of geese to come rescue us. Attention, Mae West! Attention, Mae West! This is the studio calling! This is me. Talk to me, mister. We've got a report that more cylinders have landed. One landed in a parking lot, crushing all the cars. I've heard of a car running on all cylinders, but not a cylinder running over all cars. May, another cylinder has landed on a house near you. Please go to that location for a live report. This is me. I'm on my way. Don't nobody do nothing till I get there. While Miss West is moving to her new location, we take you now to Washington, D.C. for a special address. 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And now, the under-over secretary of the Defense Department of Defense with this important statement. Go. Now? Go. Now. Go. Oh, yes, yes. Citizens of the nation, I shall not try to conceal the fifth I have in my pocket. Uh, the gravity of the situation that confronts the country nor the concern of your government in protecting the lives and distilleries of its people. Yes. However, I wish to impress upon you, mostly you dainty flowers down at the cafe who are waiting for me to join them right after this broadcast. Ah, my little chickadees. Ah, the urgent need of calm and resourceful drinking. Fortunately, this formidable enemy is still confined to a comparatively small area, and we may place our faith in the military forces to keep them away from there, at least until happy hour is over. In the meantime, placing our faith in never again having to face prohibition, we must continue the performance of our duties, each and every one of us. Especially the military, police, and bartenders, so that we may confront this destructive adversary with a nation properly sloshed, uh, united, in the saloon of your choice. I thank you. Ah, uh, cinema boys, I'm on my way. 
I'm reporting from a house that's been destroyed by a Martian cylinder. Somebody is coming out of what's left of the house. Hello there, short, dark, and ancient. Don't be insulting. I'm not that short. Oh, you're George Burns. How do you do? I'm told I do very well, thank you. Can you tell me what happened here? We we, we were sitting in the living room when, when something crashed into the roof. I thought at first it might be my cousin Marv, but then I remembered he's afraid of heights. He, he's afraid of heights, huh? Oh, yes. Every time somebody sneezes, he only says, Kazunt. Ah, he doesn't like the height, I see. Well, what, what, what does he do for a living? Oh, he drives a submarine. Because of his bad grades at school. He drives a submarine because of his bad grades at school. That's right. I, I know I shouldn't ask. All his teachers told him that he'd always be below sea level, so he... Drives a submarine. submarine. Yeah. George, Gracie, the Martians are coming out of the cylinder that crashed into your house. They're coming this way. What should we do? I think we should show them that we mean no harm. That we want to live in peace and harmony. And how would we convince them of that? Why, George, you should sing to them. I thought you'd never ask. I'd love to call you Rose, dear, but roses fade away. Roses die when any time appears. Well, that's funny. That, that, that's the same reaction that song got when we played Altoona. I wandered the countryside amongst the desolation that looked like hundreds of Fibber McGee closets all opened at once. Suddenly, my eyes retracted to an immense flock of network executives that hovered around me. They circled to my conference table, and there before my eyes, stark and silent, lay... A thick document, with the hungry executives pecking and tearing shreds of paper from the folder. It was found that the Martians were killed by the putrefactive and disease against which their systems were unprepared, slain after all man's defenses had failed by the humblest thing that God in his wisdom put upon this earth. Bad ratings. Strange it now seems to sit in my peaceful study at the Batfrey, writing down this last chapter of the record begun at a deserted farm in Grover's Mill. Now online at groversmill.com! Strange to see young people strolling on the green, where the new spring grass heals the last black scars of a bruised earth. Strange to watch the sightseers enter the museum, where the disassembled parts of a Martian machine are on sale in the gift shop. Buy two, get one free. Strange when I recall the time when I first thought this show would be a ratings winner, bright and clean-cut, under the dawn of that last great day. It makes me wonder, have we gone to this well too often? Rising up, heading our way, flying from Mars to New Jersey. They went the distance, then went on to invade, just a race who'll destroy our locale. Just this once, it happened so fast, the Earth was conquered in one hour. This is the end now. Don't lose your grip on stories of the past. 
H.G. Wells, Orson Wells, and George Powell. It's the war of the worlds. It's the thrill that persists, rising up to the challenge of the Martians. And each known director adds his very own twists, and we're once again enthralled with the war of the worlds. Wait a sec. I almost forgot the latest one, the one with Tom Cruise. Oh, and the musical one, yeah. I like that one a lot. The one that was done by Jeff Wayne. But it's the War of the Worlds back in 1938 that scared the pants off our entire country. We went nuts, so bonkers across the United States, and Orson did score with the War of the Worlds. This is Orson Welles, ladies and gentlemen, to assure you that the War of the Worlds has no further significance than as the holiday offering it was intended to be. The War of the Worlds. We couldn't soak all your windows and steal all your garden gates by tomorrow night, so we did the best next thing. Mercury Theaters, the War of the Worlds. We annihilated the world and utterly destroyed the CBS. You will be relieved to learn that we didn't mean it. Opposite Charlie McCarthy, the War of the Worlds. This is John Bell stepping out of character to thank you for listening to this special broadcast, which was, as you could probably tell, a labor of love. The show was based on a script written by myself and my collaborator, Becky Beach, both of whom appeared in this production, for a radio drama contest back in 2001, which incidentally won. All of our impersonations may not have been spot on, and there may have been a technical glitch here and there, but we hope you got caught up in the spirit of the show From both of us to all of you, Happy Happy Halloween. Copyright 2017 by John Bell Creative, LLC. (laughs) If you produce audio dramas, it obviously isn't to become rich and famous. You love the medium, and you want to share your passion for theater of the mind. The Mutual Audio Drama Network is looking for you. Mutual presents audio dramas every day of the week, each with its own genre. Mystery, sci-fi, comedy, horror, all reaches of the imagination. It doesn't matter if you produced your shows years ago or are still cranking them out. Share them on the world's largest collection of modern audio drama and audio fiction. Give a listen at MutualAudioNetwork.com. And if you'd like to be a part of the excitement, with free access to all sorts of voices, sound effects, music, and more, just drop a line to mutualaudio at gmail.com. The Mutual Audio Drama Network. Why not join us today?